A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Caught Offside with Andrew Gunling and J.J. Devaney. Oh, yes. Caught Offside. Just outside of New York City and from an apartment in Brooklyn, New York, Andrew Gunling and J.J. Devaney. What's up, brother? How are you, Andrew, after that absolutely crazy weekend? What an unbelievable weekend in the Premier League and in MLS. I mean, just especially, I mean, like MLS is at the end of its season now, so you you expect those games at the end of the playoffs to be wild and, and on edge and all that stuff. But, J.J., I don't know. I'd have to go back and listen to some of our other podcasts from like the previous 10 years that we've done this. Don't you feel like it's December 4th right now? I feel like we, I think the Premier League has delivered an unusually high number of memorable games considering we're only still a few months into the season. I, I, I would have to think about that. I, I, why do I get a deja vu, a deja vu feeling from that sentence you've just said? Um, This is something. Andrew has said before. Yeah, I'm not sure. Probably have. Maybe maybe this is a regular occurrence. But I'm just thinking, like, you know, the even like some of the results that weren't like good necessarily. But when I say memorable, that can that can be the Liverpool Tottenham weird refereeing game. That can be that. That's also like just this past weekend a three three a four three. I mean, as much as we may ridicule the new stoppage time rules. It has delivered an obscene number of late dramatic goals. It has done that. That may not be a good thing necessarily, but it's created wild outcomes to games, to you know, games that you just you can't turn off the TV because it feels like a goal is coming until the hundredth minute. Uh, I just feel like I don't know. I feel like every weekend we're getting a game where I'm like, okay, I better write that down for a possible Devonling match of the season. I feel like it's every week. This yeah. weekend was ridiculous. Was Absolutely ridiculous. Um, I want I, I before we get to it in its in its totality, and we will dive in. I wanted to make sure this got a mention because here's another one of your favorite topics. Would you say that uh, Christian Pulisic has a signature move? Like, is there something that you ah, that's him? Signature move. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure that. He does until the weekend and his goal against uh, Frosinone. Uh, 
just like so it's a long kick from the from the Milan goalkeeper. He's just he's just driven it down the field. And Polisic has the most delicious first touch. Like it's so good with the outside of his right boot that takes it in stride and then he dinks it over the goalkeeper. And I'm like, I've seen him do that before for the US. I know one of them was in a friendly and one of them was in a, a serious game. One in the friendly might have been someone like Qatar, but that first touch over a long ball that takes it in a stride. He's very, very good at that. And I, I just had to shoehorn this into the top of the show. No, I'm glad you what, did. What a brilliant, brilliant goal by him. It just, just, and again, part of it for me is look at that first touch, look at that goal, but also look at him enjoying his football and well, playing that, regularly. That's the big thing. He, he's got five goals already this season in Syria. Uh, I mean, it, we'll see if he stays on track, but if he puts in a nice 15 goal type of season, I think that would, that would, it's it's important for the trajectory of his club career that he come back with a big club like that and and do something like that. Yeah. Uh, anyways, I just wanted to note that because it was su- it's such a good first touch, such a such a brilliant brilliant finish, and um, and yeah, just the vibes. The vibes are very good. Yeah. I don't know if that's signature move. I don't think that's but... a signature move. I, I I should take that back. I should say that's something he's unusually good at. Okay. Killing the ball, coming over his shoulder. Very, very good at it. Uh, let's see. We'll get to, like I mentioned before, some MLS conference finals, as we now know what our final will be. A uh, bunch of Premier League things that we'll talk about. Um, I will mention also briefly, JJ, in the second half of the pod, I, I do want to, I'll, I'll give you the tease for it now so you can start thinking, but I do want to get some of your thoughts, if you have any, on the European Championships. The draw was the other day. Um, boy, that just kind of sneaks up. It's interesting. You would think that would be like, I don't know, the World Cup draw, the Champions League draw. Those are always such a big deal. This one was just like over the weekend, slid it in there. Oh, okay, move on, everyone. I don't know. I feel like there should be more fanfare. UEFA is usually very good at that. Well, wasn't there a major incident during it? Uh, so, I, I saw yeah, someone... and it's being investigated. Yeah. There were sex this, sounds, this, apparently. The second sex sounds related incident. Remember, wasn't it in the BBC studio? Yeah. Someone taped a phone to the back of Gary Lineker's seat and uh, and all we could hear was orgasm noises yeah, during the oh it's fantastic I as mean, far as that's... pranks go it's not it's a pretty good one <laughs> I gotta say no it's, it's no it, it's a kind of a variation on a prank that was going around for a while where your mate would send you a video and it would be of you know it, it would say highlights man united and you click on it and all you'd hear is some woman in absolute ecstasy roaring and then everyone has heard it. And now you look like a pervert. Yeah. Yep. Uh, yeah, we'll see where that investigation leads. Oh, we're all on the edge of our seat. Probably the Pornhub. Yeah, probably. Uh, but let's start, JJ. Like I said, a notably wild weekend in the Premier League. And let's start with, I guess there were a couple that you, if you were going to point out to be the, the marquee game in a wild weekend. But we'll start with uh, Tottenham and Manchester City. Um, boy, what a what a game. What an unbelievable game. Um, it ends 3-3. I, I just have some of my like key points here, and I'll go through them, and you can stop me. Um, the first one being, it is, it's become weird to me. In an era sort of of like, yes, Tottenham have been very good for the, a large part of the last 10 years, but there's also been a huge part of Tottenham culture in this last decade that is very self-deprecating and very aware 
of the club's shortcomings and flaws. And it is very weird that in, in that era of self-deprecation and, you know, we're good, but we could never be that good. It is so strange that Tottenham have had Manchester City's number in this way. I never, it, it's a plot twist that I, I never would have seen coming with, with what City have been in this era. Um, just some of the numbers here. City have beaten Spurs in uh, just three times in their last 10 matches against each other. I mean, obviously Tottenham beat City when they met in the Champions League quarterfinal. You could almost say that this run is is like weirdly fitting because when you go all the way back to the beginning, it was Tottenham who were kind of the ones that delayed the start of City's era. Like the new money had gone into Manchester City and they were supposed yes. to make the Champions League. But remember, they played in what was essentially a fourth place cup uh, when they met in the second to last game of the season where the winner would basically qualify for Champions League and Tottenham beat them. So That's I guess right. I guess in that way it's it's fitting that, that that some of that trend has kind of lasted and lingered over the course of of 10 years. If you go back to the start of the 2015 season, Spurs have have 9 wins, 3 draws and 8 defeats across all competitions. And remember, one of those defeats is really a win for Spurs. It was in the second leg of the Champions League um that they lost the game but they they won on aggregate on away goal. So it's really like 10 wins, three draws, and seven defeats. It's very strange. I don't know how you explain it. It it is quite strange. There's an argument to be made that outside of Manchester United and denying Liverpool uh, more Premier League trophies in the Klopp era, that the damage that Manchester City have done has been to North London. It's been to Arsenal by taking all their players. In the early parts of it, of of the of the of the new money era, and it's to Tottenham who seem to be in the ascent to to occupy uh, one of those 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 top four places, and then all of a sudden City get money, and that the the kind of equation changes a little bit. Um, it is crazy that Pep Guardiola's nemesis would be Tottenham Hotspur in seventeen London, like that. That to me is utterly bizarre. It's so strange. Um. But it's 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 thrilling, and I know we don't like to. We look kind of askance now at at the at the Conte era era at Tottenham, and probably in in overall, rightly so. But there was a brilliant game, an absolutely brilliant game involving them. Was it last season or the season it's before? The season before when they finished fourth for, and it's one of my all time favorite Tottenham games. It was, Kane it was scored it, deep in stoppage time, just incredible. It, oh yeah. It was so much fun. It was it was uh, truly a great game. Peter Hurt's brilliant... voice like squeaked when Kane. Sque- it was like when he reached those kind of levels of genuine yelling. Well, I was in a bar in Vermont watching it, and um, me and Darcy were on a, a weekend away, and and somebody commented on that goal. Wow, that uh, the play by play guys really got into it. And I'm like, yes, 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 he has. Um, but this was stunning yesterday. It's such an amazing game of football, and it's hard not to feel. You keep thinking that, oh, Tottenham have beaten City again. They haven't. It was a draw. But in the context of, of, of the game, in the context of where the game appeared to be heading in the first half, which was 7-8-1 to Manchester City, even at the start of this, at the beginning of the second half, um, it was it was so... Scary, frustrating, bewildering to see how Tottenham were attempting to play through Manchester City. Their their adherence to their principles. We play this way regardless of the danger. Regardless of the danger. 
I am a man who crosses train tracks. That's what I do. And I will never stop doing that even when the train is coming. I will consistently do this. It was, I I wavered between being fully in on the Big Ange philosophy and being kind of out on it I th- at, 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 at varying moments. I think that's it okay, is, by the way. I, I think it's probably okay. And I don't want to hear from Spurs fans or Tottenham fans. I don't want to hear the Monday morning quarterbacking that's going to go on saying, well, look, you've seen the result. We scored three goals and that's Big Ange. And sometimes you have to give a little bit away. No, you don't. No, you don't. There was a couple of times, Basuma, I know I'm jumping ahead oh. here. Basuma on the on the Jack Grealish goal. Excuse me, leather it. Leather it. You're, it's 2-2. Put your foot through the ball. Put it down the field. Tottenham have the most amount of uh, short passes in in the Premier League right now. That's what they have. That's their, their record. And it is totally dangerous, yet totally invigorating. And it, it leads to some brilliant, brilliant passages of football. It also leads to a scenario where yesterday... It wouldn't have been unreasonable, Andrew, if it was 4-1 at halftime. Mm-hmm. Would not have been unreasonable. But reason and football don't always go together. And I am glad that Big Ange plays the way he does because that's the game we got served up. And and another frustrating point for Pep Guardiola will be, this isn't even Spurs at full strength. It's not, so it's not even- we ha- we've got to talk about that. So this... For for all the reasons you just said, this result, even though it was not a win, this game, like it. this was the most important result for Big Ange thus far with Tottenham. Like, uh, look, I, I mean, he's got a nice little catalog of them so far. Beating Liverpool was huge. Tottenham never beat Liverpool, but if we're being honest about ourselves, that game's got a it's got a huge asterisk just in neon lights flashing over that one. And it was not a terribly impressive showing from Spurs, even with the controversy aside. Um, you know, getting the point at Anfield, huge moment for Big Ange. It puts him on the right side of the fans pretty quickly. But again, Tottenham were not amazing in that game. You know, everyone gave Ange all the, the his credit for sticking to his principles against Chelsea. So symbolically, that game was really important. But the game as a, on its own was a disaster. This one, though, on the road against uh, the table may say one thing, but like the way we view Manchester City, you're on the road against the best team in the league. Your entire midfield basically be champions, treble winners. You're basically your whole midfield is out injured. Your back line is featuring four fullbacks. Like, you know, I, I saw the, the the starting eleven, and like you know, it's bad when you're like, oh, well, at least we got Ben Dave, Ben Davies playing center back. But then you take a step back, like, well, wait a minute. He's a second string fullback. That's what I'm taking comfort in. Well, well, I'm about, I will. Would you like me to to indulge in the Davies praise now? Because. Uh, Sure. I mean, my whole thing is like, this was a game that I looked at the 11 and I basically looked at this game and I sort of thought, oh dear God, what's about to happen here? And so for Big Ange and these players, like he, his system is one thing, but these players went out there and did it. Um, it's their most important result of the season so far that they could that they could walk out of there with a point because that was about. I mean, they didn't win it. If they had won it, I'd say it might be the most unlikely Tottenham result of the last ten years. They didn't win, so I don't know that I can fully go there, but but it's not far off. 
It's not for that for the team he put out there. It's not far off. I think it was particularly important to arrest the decline and to make sure that there was not another defeat tacked on. You know, because like football is modern football at least is very much what have you done for me lately? And good starts, uh, exciting football, and hope can fritter away very, very quickly. So for the to to get a point in the early rounds of December after three defeats is very good. Um, I just want to talk about about Big Ange and the philosophy mm-hmm. because the philosophy is essentially having a goal, getting stuck in, going for it. And that just doesn't apply to keeping the ball coming out of the back. It applies to other areas of the field too. Now, the thing about keeping the ball, playing through the lines, creating, you know, if a team presses, playing through them, creating space in behind, that's that's a sound policy. But how many games Manchester United at home springs to mind at White Hart Lane? Did it look like they can't do this? He doesn't have the personnel. They keep giving it away to Bruno Fernandes. Now, they still won that game, but they're, I mean, we all admit that could have gone wrong in the early stages very, very quickly. But it's not that it's a, it's a crazy thing to do. It's just that you felt Tottenham couldn't do it. But they keep persisting because Big Ange feels like that is the way you play football and we won't compromise on this way of playing football. Now, I said it permeates. It's not just playing out from the back. It permeates into other players. So the Lacelso equalizer does not happen if that attitude isn't in Ben Davies' mind. If you remember, City did the one thing that Pep hates. They lost control in midfield. You know Pep's whole philosophy. If you don't keep the ball, if you don't keep it for uh, for a suffocating amount of time, it can suddenly go back down the field on you if you play it quickly, quick balls, and then you're in trouble. Remember, we were always like, why won't they play it quickly to Haaland? All the time. Just hit Haaland because of this. Exactly this. But Ben Davies takes the initiative to make it happen. I'm asking you as a defender, Andrew. Haaland is in front of you. There's a ball coming through, and you're not sure you can win it. And he's ahead of you to it. He's a yard or two ahead of you to it. What do you do? You're racing for the ball? No, no, no. You've both got your backs to the Tottenham goal. So Haaland is get is is about to receive with his back to goal on the halfway line. But there's the whole field is behind you. Just, just whole, tell me. I'm already confused. Just tell me. The whole field. Don't dive in. Because if you dive in, he's going to outmuscle you. He's going to spin you. And then he's in behind. And there's the whole field opened up. Ben Davies didn't think that way. He shoots in, wins it. Now we can question Haaland's commitment as well, which is, we'll, we'll talk about that on the city side. He shoots in, nips in, gets the ball, heads it up the field, and it ends up at the field of Celso, who, a tremendous skill, buries it in the bottom corner. But that move alone is just indicative of, of, of the bravery. Most defenders, Andrew, they're like, I'm not going for that. I'll stand him up, make him face it, make him lay it off backwards, and then I'll go with him as he makes his run. Because if I commit there and I get it wrong, he's in. But that's the bravery. The way Big Ange is loved by people like me and by Tottenham supporters because this is a brave way to play. It's an exciting way to play. It's edge of your seat stuff. It is. It is. And I mean, I guess part of that makes it controversial almost that like like in the Chelsea game, like in certain elements of this game against Manchester City, the 
you know, the willingness to concede chances is, is all part of this. Um, and, and so it's, it's going to give you moments of agita and anxiety. But, but, and, but like, um, do you, you know who needs more convincing of this than anyone? Is Vicario. Like the second hand half kicks off. Spurs are still in the game. And like, it's all, it's the 47th minute. It's almost the first play out of the back. They, they lose um, it again. He, well, he Bur- kicked it right to Manchester City just yeah, so he but, could make a great save then. <laughs> no, but it's because he's that this is what he's been told to do. Yeah. And he no, makes no, this amazing save and he looks out the field and he's like, I can't blame anyone here. This is me. Yeah. This is what we're supposed to do. The to get players to buy into that and to not just flip it down the line or I mean the Basuma one, he had so much time to put his foot through it to play a longer ball, to play a longer pass. He doesn't. City nip in, Greeley scores, and you think that's you think that's the game. You think yeah. that's it over, but no, 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 it certainly was not. Um, we can give Big Ange all the credit in the world, and and he's done a lot to to warrant that. But like I always say, the players do have to go out there and play. Um, there were a couple guys in particular that stood out to me. I I do want to give Lacelso credit because I kind of just challenged him on the podcast the other day. All these midfielders are out, and this is a chance. Like you're a first teamer for Argentina. <laughs> and yet Tottenham fans look at you as some kind of scrub that they want out of their club. You're going to have a run of games now. So it's a chance. That's two games in a row now where he has scored for Spurs. Big goals. Uh, so he's taking his opportunity. And the goal that he scored against City, what a great goal. I mean, you could tell from the moment he had it what was on his mind. So yeah. props to him. And then props to um, also to Dejan Kulisevsky. Because I feel like in this era of Spurs, he's kind of gone a little bit overlooked. Um, you think so? I do. I think, you know, first it was Kane who was scoring 30 goals, Son, you know, and everything that he's done for Spurs. Then James Madison comes in and now he's like the it thing for Tottenham. And all the while, Kulisevsky has kind of been there and has been pretty reliable throughout. But now that mm-hmm. players are dropping like flies, but he's still there, I think it's a chance for him to kind of exert himself and show everybody how good he is. The first goal that Tottenham scored, what a great assist. I mean, he's he can see, okay... If I put the ball into a space here, it's Sun and Doku, and I'm going to bet that my guy's going to win that battle. And he was right. It was a perfect pass. And then to score a goal like that in the 90th minute. And look, Kulisevsky mm-hmm. is not a guy who's known for his for using his head. I think that's only his second head. Or his goal. shoulder. Or his shoulder. Yeah. I mean, I guess that goes to show how why he's not known for using his head, because it wound up being his shoulder. Um, but like to rise up like that and just bully who's it, Nathan Ake? I think that he Ake. just just kind of just like shoves him aside. Um, and and rises up the way that he does in the 90th minute. That's like stuff like that. That's desire. Like I'm getting this ball. Nothing is stopping me from getting to this ball. I don't care who's in my way. I don't care how high up it is. So mm-hmm. props to him too. He's been so important for them. Um, now there were some negatives on the Tottenham side. You mentioned Basuma. Um, that for him to allow that to happen, I know that they're instilled to maybe play a certain way and booming it down the field is not it. So fine, don't do that. But that also doesn't mean that you need to dribble back into traffic at the ed- at, at the edge of your own right. defensive third. Right. Uh, like it just, it, you can't do that. Against just, the bre- best pressing team or one of the, the greatest proponents of winning the ball back quickly in the history of world of football. And just generally speaking, there's been a major correction with him, I think, over the last month, month and a half or so. He started the, the season. The first month, he looked like one of the best midfielders that was going to be in the league this year. And he has he has normalized. He's come back down to earth, and he's not he has not appeared to be that same player who had that kind of confidence early on. Um, and look, just generally speaking for Spurs, um, 
they score three goals with a 0.49 XG. That's pretty wild. I don't know if you can, I don't know how, I don't know if you can rely on that type of thing over the course of a season. I mean, not a ton of opportunities making the most of the ones that you have. And those opportunities were not necessarily, not necessarily of the the highest quality. Um, You know, like should Ederson have saved Sun's shot early on? You could make a case for it kind of went through him. Like I said, should Ake have done better than for preventing Kulisevsky to get to the third one? Maybe he should have. I mean, Kulisevsky, like I said, just kind of showed a little more heart, I think, there. But kind of wild. Um, so then the, the city side of this, which is something that yes. we kind of hinted at the other day. We we asked the question before this game, is the fear factor diminishing? Now, we both said no. I don't think it is. Um, but maybe, I mean, you don't like to say it before Christmas, basically. But, but maybe we should maybe we should give a little more thought to that. Um, what is up here? Like, coming into this season... We looked at Manchester City in our season preview, or whenever it was that they got Guardiola, and I remember basically saying, "Okay, this is like, what is this? Like, this is stupid now. This is so ridiculous." Ruben Diaz, Ake, Akanji, Walker, Stones, Rico Lewis, and now Guardiola. Like, and I know Stones hasn't been fully healthy yet. That's obviously important. But I mean, come on with this, like this defensive unit. This is this is crazy. They've given up ten goals in their last four matches in all competitions. Like. This uh, this note from Sky Sports. Uh, Manchester City have failed to win three straight per, uh, Premier League games despite leading in all of them. They drew all mm. three. It's the first time they've had such a spell uh, since a run of three draws under Mark Hughes in November of 2009. Uh, Michael Richards on Sky after the game, he said, there's, uh, there's something just not right at Man City. They're too easy to play on the counterattack, too many individual mistakes again. Ruben Diaz is supposed to be one of the best in the league, while Nathan Ake has to do more for Kulisevsky's header. They're individual mistakes. They're vulnerable defensively, and teams are no longer afraid to go up against them. If you ask me for some sort of plot twist with Manchester City this season, their defending letting them down would not have been one that I would have guessed. No, but you can't say that, say, for example, someone like Gvardiol hasn't struggled. He has not looked comfortable. Mm-hmm. Not in, n- neither in Europe or in in the league. Uh, there is a thing like that was pure complacency in many ways. Like we saw things yesterday, like like Haaland's miss, not the one he skied over the bar, but the one that's cut. I mean, you again another Spurs to- turnover. Uh, Spurs turned over again, but that one, Andrew, unbelievable miss. Don't know how he missed it. Game changer. Yeah. Game changer. Um, Doku running back towards his own goal. Look, he's an attacking player in the wrong position, but when have you ever seen a City player not be able to deal with something like that? He should have been able to deal with that. He he just did not bank on Son's pace or his his strength. Uh, Like I said, Gvardiol struggling, but there's there's a general complacency about the side. Like, there just seems to be. Ake has got to attack that ball. He's got to assume there's someone behind him. But he doesn't. And Kuzisevsky just crashes through it. Desire. You hear this a lot from top coaches and players who've played at the very pinnacle of of dynastic teams that it's so hard mentally to go every year again and again and again. Mm -hmm. And especially coming off a treble winning season. Now, do I think that City are were put to their pin the pin of their collar to win that treble in the same way that United were in '99. No, I I probably don't think that. But even still, there is mental fatigue. 
And it does feel that way. It like really does feel that way. Look at what Jack Grealish did in the second half. He's barely on the field and he gets himself a yellow card for something utterly stupid, kicking the ball away and he misses the trip to Villa. Incredible. Now he, yeah. he regains his composure and scores a goal, but it's a tap in all the same. But, you know, it's, we're still, as much as you know, as City are set up from the very ground floor by uh, Abu Dhabi to be a machine, to be efficient, to have the best players in there. These are human beings that you're dealing with. And it is not implausible that they have just reached a kind of a, a point where, like you said, Andrew, you've said this millions of times in the podcast, City do have a fall off year every now and again. Now, are we seeing it right now? Well, I yes. Think still, you, you think we are? I think that it's I think it's becoming possible that we're in it now. Uh, winning four straight league titles like we've almost gotten desensitized to it because we saw Juve we saw Bayern Munich and we think okay well that that stuff can happen in this era in the Premier League it might where where money is what it is for a lot of clubs not just City not necessarily to City's level but a lot of clubs can spend a ton of money and and have great coaching and great talent for winning four in a row is going to be incredibly hard especially coming off of having just done a a treble which they were so single-minded in doing i i I think what will be very interesting is when de bruyne comes back into the team because if there's like i saw gary uh not gary lineker i think it was phil neville um who was talking after the game Uh, i'm trying to remember if it was him or somebody that used the term boredom that it feels like like you said complacency um boredom is another word that's being thrown around a little bit with regards to what they're doing. De Bruyne coming back in, he off an injury, um he strikes me as a guy who won't who won't accept that. And I wonder if just him being present and on the field again if he can change the attitude of that team almost just by himself being out there. I'll be curious to see what version of City we get when he's back. Stones too for that matter. And he hasn't been healthy either. And we know how important he's been kind of playing that deep midfield role. Um, but right now looking at them, yeah, I think that this, I think that this year is open. It could still be them, but I think if you're, if you're Arsenal, if you're Liverpool, I think this is, this is a year where you're starting to feel that this is not a foregone conclusion. The way so many of these Manchester city years are, even when other teams did push them, you've always said there's what's the word you always use about Manchester city inevitability. Yeah. Like even in the years where Liverpool and Arsenal are pushing them, um, yeah. it always still kind of felt a little bit inevitable. I don't. I think that it could still be City, but I feel like that inevitability, at least it, for me, it's not there this year. I think right. it, okay. it, feels, it feels up for grabs. I just think City. There's so many miles on, on the the track with them over the last few seasons, and last season in particular. I think it could be there. I think it could be there for somebody else this season to sneak in. We'll see. We'll see. I mean, yeah, like you said, Grealish dumb yellow to now he's got his club like he doesn't get to play against villa his former club when villa are in fourth he's gonna miss that now because of some act of petulance rodri who right now with de bruyne not there you know rodri might be the most important player in the team we saw that when he was missing games earlier with his red card he now picked up a yellow in this game he's gonna miss the villa game too they might lose that one too three straight draws and now they're gonna be without Grealish and rodri for villa it's yeah i don't know that there's a vulnerability to City this year that we're not used to seeing. And this year is kind of serving as a reminder that they're they're not robots designed I'm, in some lab in Abu Dhabi. They're, they're actually people. Uh, and, and I'm, we're... Um, I'm like Tommy Shelby uh, and uh, well, both the Shelby brothers returning from World War One 
and just getting flashbacks. Every time I think that that city could be in a bad season, like I imagine a shell going off beside me <laughs> because I'm just like I'm sucked back into to well, their to their, again. P- their PTSD took place in the tunnels, right? Like they like that yeah. was that was where theirs was. It was they'd be yeah. digging and then they'd hear voices. Yeah. Yeah. Those those first uh, seasons of Peaky Blinders are pretty great TV. Incredible. Incredible television. Now, having said all of this. <laughs> Classic Larry David. Having said that, let me say this. Let me say this. Manchester City had absolutely every right under the sun to lose their effing minds with the way the end of this game transpired. I think that what happened there was utterly ridiculous. I, I don't know. I I fully acknowledge all the time on this show that referees have an incredibly difficult job. VARs yes. have an incredibly difficult job. I, I acknowledge all of that. But and they this make is, it really hard. Go on. But, but this is one where I don't want to single anyone out. Don't send hate Please mail do. to the guy. But like, I'm sorry. There has to be repercussions for a referee, in this case, Simon Hooper, making that kind of error. I, yeah. I don't understand how. So you're so Holland is fouled, but he stays up. On, uh, yeah. he, sta- he stays on his feet. Simon Hooper clearly plays the advantage. And so Holland plays in an unbelievable ball to Grealish right at the end of the game. Grealish is in on goal, going in to win the game. And the referee then chooses to stop play for the foul that he had previously just allowed advantage to be played for. What the hell happened there? Why did he change his mind? Why did he change his mind when he did, when Grealish was in on goal? What is that? That is, I mean, look, what happened with the VAR situation, uh, Liverpool and Tottenham earlier this season, to me, that's not like an on the field thing. That's like almost like some weird technicality that happened in an office somewhere. But in terms of like on field mistakes that a referee can make JJ, I've seen a lot of them. That one for me, even big, I mean, I'm big and said afterwards. Yeah, we, we got away with one. Like he, he acknowledged it too. That was madness. I don't think I've ever seen an advantage situation quite like that, especially to end a game. Yeah. It's you just let it go. You let it go. It's fine. It, 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 there wasn't even the slightest interruption to kind of to to make you. Uh, it was just the, the clarity with which the flow with which everything happened. Just let it go. Holland is is fouled and stays on his feet. Why? That's that's good enough. You stick your arms out. You know the way they do the advantage. Yeah. By the way, that's my that's my favorite thing to do when someone asks you to ref five a side. That's my favorite one. Just stick your arms out like this to give advantage. I love that. And that's all you need. That's all that needed to be done. And they have every right to be angry about it. They do have every right to be angry. Is it funny that how angry they got? There's an amazing picture of Holland, like screaming with his hands to his hair. Yeah, his face uh, is contorted. It, it almost makes me uncomfortable to look at. Yeah, it's almost it's almost like. Have you seen the video for Black Hole Sun by Soundgarden? <laughs> and when faces you know, his faces starts to melt. Yeah, they they, they kind of go rubbery. Um, David Stubbs, who is very funny online uh, football writer, um, he has the picture of the contorted face of Holland and the hands in the hair remonstrating with uh, with the referee. And he goes, "This painting by Edwin Van Cuyp 
1617 to 1672, hangs in the National Gallery. It's a psychological study depicting the howling serpentine rage of the prosperous when their will is thwarted. It was considered to be a rebuke to Amsterdam's mercantile classes bridling at tax reforms. It's exactly like something that I was in a I was in a museum extremely hungover in Amsterdam once. Um, the last thing you want to see is portraits of merchants when you're hungover in Amsterdam. But we thought we'd take in some culture. And uh, I saw so many photo or uh, photos, um, paintings, portraits exactly like this. So um, David Stubbs nails it. And the other one is the meme that's come out. It's it's of Holland's face screaming. And then across the table is that cat, <laughs> you know, the white cat. You've seen that meme, right? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So um, nice. Replacing the woman shrieking, it's uh, it's it's Holland. Look, uh, city, yeah, city were were they were badly done by in that move, but um, I mean, look, they put themselves in that position. They didn't finish a lot of their chances, so they yeah. allow some. They allow a referee to potentially decide a game. It's all, not taken care all, of this earlier, but good lord, yeah, yeah. It's also like you know. We want justice applied evenly to all. All we want is consistency. But if we're being truthfully honest with mega teams like Man City, Manchester United under Fergie or Liverpool in the 80s, it's kind of nice when something funny happens to them. That's just that's a fact as well. And and their rage is their rage is actually amusing to us. Pep was on Sky Sports afterwards. He said he wouldn't, quote, do a Mikel Arteta comment, which I thought was funny. Uh, now I think he can say that because I think they have a good relationship, and so like oh yeah they're good. I don't I don't think Arteta would take offense to that. I think that's Pep's way of saying like I want to freak out, but I'm not going to do what Arteta did. Call no, Arteta disgrace. <laughs> Arteta texted him and said, "Enjoyed your comment, lol," and then heart emoji. Yeah, um, but look, I mean, I'm not usually a fan of like players surrounding referees and berating referees, but this was one where I was like, kind of get it. Kind of get it because that was, uh, I mean, you're told like play to the whistle. City did everything right there to win the game. <sighs> Oof. That's that's bad. That just cannot. And happen. also, a lot of Holland's frustration would be him from stemming from him missing the easiest chance of his career sure. uh, earlier in the game. Sure. Not, it was not a great, great game for him. Now, for all the stuff we want to say about City, boy, they do have moments. I mean, the Foden goal, all the build up to that, it was gorgeous. Alvarez is. Alvarez is reverse, like the pass he plays into Foden. And I, it's it's so funny. It's such an intricate move. You don't realize Foden's in. Foden's nearly on the goal line when he hits it. Like he, they've worked it so far in, and it's a beautiful move, beautiful yeah. pass by Alvarez. I mean, Alvarez hits the post. Doku hits the post. I mean, let's not pretend City. It's not like City had a complete meltdown there yesterday. No, it's just they left Tottenham alive and they allowed Ange Ball to prosper, and that's yeah. what happens. Incredible stuff. What a game. Madness, controversy, all those things. All the stuff that we love about this league, JJ. And let's continue to more of that. Um, boy, when you woke up, what was it, Sunday morning for uh, Liverpool-Fulham to get ready for that? Did, did you think Did you think you were waking up for a game that was going to give you something like that? I, I smelled something. Okay. I... I, I there was just something weird to me about it. I, 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 I wasn't comfortable. Because I feel like I, as good as as Liverpool have been in certain at certain moments in the season, and as well as you think they've adjusted and and you know the new signings, Sobislai, McAllister, uh, you know Darwin's playing well now, blah blah. I I'm not fully convinced by them. 
And yeah, Sunday kind of, I'll, I'll put it this way. When uh, Bobby De Decordova Reed headed in at 3-2, I thought, oh, I could see the headlines. Uh, Liver uh, Liverpool's title challenge falters early as Fulham raid Anfield or something like that. You know, I could maybe not quite as wordy, maybe a little bit more snappy. Yeah, that was poor. But, but um, sorry, my tabloid brain has been switched off. But yeah, it was uh, Fulham. Fulham were really good. Fulham were very, very good, and it should be noted how good Anthony Robinson was, both defensively and offensively. I mean, he has the assist. He also was driving forward at one point, right, right through the heart of of the Liverpool defence, and he handled. I still think Salah had the last laugh ultimately, in in at the towards the end of the game. I thought Salah was da really dangerous and 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 important for Liverpool. But it's you have to say, for vast periods of the game, that was a brilliant battle that I think Robinson shaded. Uh, it's three straight games now with an assist for Anthony Robinson. And that's coming off of two straight games with the U.S. where he scored. He's in quite a bit of form right now. It's funny because I watch him and I like a lot of what he does. But there was FIFA football for the World Cup did a little preview of the U.S. versus England. And they were, they were sniffy about Robinson. They were like he, a bit dismissive. And I kind of internalized that a bit and started looking for mistakes in his game. You know, when someone you, you respect points out something to you that you didn't see or you didn't agree with, and then you start looking for it and you're like, it, it turns into its own bias. Well, that was, that was kind of wiped away. I'm my own man. Way. I don't subscribe to any of that. Oh yeah. He's the, Andrew's the maverick. He's not, a, he, he doesn't listen to consensus. He spits on consensus. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, he, um he was very, very good. Um, I saw this stat was about a, him uh, on who scored. Uh, he made 13 interceptions in the game. No player has made more in a Premier League match since whoscored.com started collecting uh, data in 09-10. Wow. That's a bloody good one. He, he did a, I mean, you do that Concerning. on the defensive end and have an assist. Yeah, that's all right. Uh, now, like you what said, a game, though. it's a weird thing to say about Fulham that they played really well and because you know, they did concede four goals. But like... They're the kind of goals where I, I don't know what you I don't know what you do with some of these. I guess you could say you got to close out the player, but like Klopp said afterwards, he said today we scored four worldies and we're lucky in the end to win the game. Um, yeah, he went on to say four goals I have never seen before in one game like this. To be honest, I mean, like I it's if you're Fulham, it's just kind of like sometimes you just got you just got to shake your head and say, well, I don't know what we gave it our all. I don't know how you stop that. We move on. And when you see you see Fulham go ahead, Decker Dover Reed, and then uh, Watari Endo, who's just on the field, bends one into the top corner. It's yeah. just one of those days. It's absolutely one of those days. Um, and Trent's winning goal. We should have a listen to that. This is uh, Trent Alexander-Arnold uh, finding the net in front of the cop. Gato shoots! Nunez keeps it alive! The strike is there! Uh, Adidas are getting their money's worth there, Andrew. With you uh, love this whole Trent Adidas storyline. It's very see, interesting. It feels here. right. Feels right. People who caress and strike the ball a certain way, Beckham, Zidane, uh, they should always wear Adidas. 
and I welcome Adidas to join us as a <laughs> as a partner here on Caught Offside. If they, yeah, I hope like I throw, hope you would. They'd like to throw. Oh, my favorite, my favorite, uh, my favorite commercial. Everyone goes back to the the Nike commercials in the airport with Brazil in '98. My favorite is the Moody Adidas ones with Zidane, Cliver, Beckham, and in, in a kind of a, a post apocalyptic world, Beckham's bending a ball into this kind of uh, this hole, almost like a an Aztec. A symbol, and he puts the ball right through it. Zidane is uh, is striking a ball really, really hard, and Clivert's running away from a massive wave, and and it's played massive attacks. Angel is playing behind it, super moody, super sexy. That was me. I'm an Adidas man from that moment forth. Did you have a favorite of the four? Of the four goals? Yeah, yeah. Um, wow, 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 wow. I loved Endo's just calmness because, as the commentator said in the game. Usually people panic when you're when you're trailing that late and they, they, they are they are they tend to sky the ball. Um McAllister's for me, I think. That that's the answer. His was yeah. ridiculous. From that yeah. distance. Like that's the kind the of goal. Like yeah, normally when balls like that get hit, like they you know, they're they're forty feet over the goal and you're kind of just like, What's he doing that for? Like what why but like then you see McAllister hit one, you're like, Well that that's why guys try. Because every once in a while they get it right, and it's and look what it can produce. What a, I mean, just incredible. That yeah. that one in particular, I thought was incredible. This is, I don't know. There's there's just this culture under Klopp that fascinates me. That wow. like, well, just like we've seen during his his tenure there, there's been you know different variations of Liverpool during this time. Players have changed. Opposition obviously has changed. Just how good we think Liverpool are changes a little bit year to year. But like he has created this culture that no matter what has changed, that that has always been there. Like Endo just got to Liverpool. McAllister just yeah. got to Liverpool. But like they're they're embedded into it already, where it's just like this culture of belief that these games are never over. I mean. I, how many times have we seen some kind of version of what happened in that game at Anfield over the weekend where Liverpool go down late and it's just like no one hangs their heads. They don't concede a second and, and like have it end like they score next. They find a way. Yeah. Like, I, I have to because I've seen so many different players come in and out and that has remained. I have to attribute that to to Klopp. I don't know. I don't know if that's something that he does specifically, if it's some kind of luck that or coincidence that like Liverpool um, can do this. It seems to me more than other teams. I don't know if there's statistics to back it up. Maybe it's just in my head, but I feel like Liverpool just under, under that manager, they do this. I, I I think there's a, there is a culture. There's a, there's a a vibe, a feeling around the team. The players seem to like each other. They get on well, well, Sadio Mane and Mo Salah, maybe not so much, but I think they probably did really. Um, but yeah, there's a, together, a togetherness. And that's what you're hanging your hat on from yesterday. Because let me tell you, there was large portions of that game where I did not feel you can win a title playing this way. And certainly not dropping points at home. Um, there is a culture of belief. Um, but his whole thing was, at the start, was to turn, to turn doubters into believers. And he does that in his own within his own squad first. And then the fans. He's he's a charismatic presence. He's a, he's a figure who who brings... Uh, kind of binds the collective, brings people together. Because we, we're seeing teams right now, and we'll get to the Manchester United, and it does feel like it's a collection of bodies on, splintered, fractioned. And we haven't seen that at Liverpool. And if you, if we ever did, you would imagine that that would be um, the end of it for 
for Klopp. One thing I wanted to say before we get out of this. Um, so we were talking about Onana. And we were talking about, you know, we mentioned um, the extreme end of, of the goalkeeping psyche. What happened to Robert Enke and, and just the whole kind of unique pressure of being a top level goalkeeper with the eyes of the world on you. I did something yesterday that I regretted instantly. Hmm. My fellow countrymen in goal replacing Allison, who's going to be out for the next few games, was um, Kevin Kelleher. N- I not on the Tete goal, and certainly not on the um, even on the Dead Cardover re goal. Like I do not think he covered himself in glory. I didn't. I'm not convinced by him, Andrew. Okay. You know the way at one end of the goalkeeping spectrum, there's Peck, Peck, Pickford, who was like a ball of energy, constantly shouting, smiling, you know, twitching, and it's too much. Like Kelleher's the other end. He's like in a stupor, and he doesn't seem to like impose himself on the game in the same way as Allison. No, Allison's, Jesus, Allison's a great goalkeeper, but Kelleher's 25 now, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I just. Like, I thought he was too far over in the post and couldn't recover for the Decker-Dover Reed goal. And for the Tete goal, I mean, you shouldn't let something like that through you in the way that he, he did. So I put his name into the search engine on X. Oh. Oh, just on about doom scrolling. I really hope he, he, he doesn't have... I don't think he has a Twitter account. I'm not sure, but I hope he doesn't. That's sad. Unbel- not surprising. Oh, unbel- it's it's, it's yeah. unbelievable, man. It's just, and it's not just like funny memes or gifts or whatever. It's just people spewing vitriol. Like, mm-hmm. and I'm not saying he doesn't deserve to be questioned for his performance yesterday. I'm not saying don't be worried about him going forward for the, this next run of games. But my God, yeah. Imagine I just imagine myself. Imagine reading this about yourself. Yeah, and it goes on at every club. That's not a Liverpool thing. That's uh, that happens at every club. That's yeah. That's the downside. I mean, look, these guys have so much cool going on in their life. That's the this is the other side of it. It's like your job is so public that when you when you don't have a good day at the office, eh, you're going to hear about it. Um, wow. Yeah. One one other note from this one. Uh, you know, I love the guy. Uh, I'm still on board, but uh, Darwin Nunez added a couple more misses to his highlight reel. Come on. What's he the, seemed really pumped, you. though, after the crossbar one. Well, he was first fired of all, up in a good way. <laughs> oh, yeah, he was getting everybody going. He thought that was, was that good? <laughs> I did good there, right? Sure you did, Darwin. No, I mean, I, I the minute the minute he's running through, I, there was a voice in the back of my head said, crossbar. He's going to smash the crossbar. Andrew, got to score. You have to score that. Or you have to at least put it on, on frame. Think it over the goalkeeper do some crossbar. Come on. Um, see his hair? Yeah. His hair? Yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I was out know. for bro- <laughs> I was out for I'm not sure either. I was out for brunch yesterday and the waitress had exactly the same hair. And I, I nearly did something. Say, oh, I was nearly going to show her on the phone. And then I thought, no, don't do that. Yeah. Um, but memorable win for Liverpool. By the way, when is uh when are your stands completed? My what? Oh, it's oh, still just so weird to me when I still see like I don't know thirty thousand empty seats in that place. So, yeah, yeah. I don't know what the. I haven't I haven't checked in on what the delay is with the upper tier of the Anfield. Okay, well, you, you should probably get on that. 
I will get on that. It's better than what Arsenal did in the 90s when they were revamping Highbury. And they basically, they had just boards, like construction boards, and they drew supporters on them. Oh, like COVID. They were ahead of their time. I suppose they were. I guess yesterday was kind of, I guess that Liverpool Fulham was like the uh, empty stands cup. I mean, Fulham have an entire side of their stadium pretty much without people. Yeah, that's right. That's really going to catch on that one, Andrew, the empty Uh, stands cup. There's never more at stake than when Liverpool and Fulham play in the empty stands cup. (laughs) Uh, Let's see, JJ. Newcastle, they bounce back from their midweek Champions League frustration. They put more pressure on Manchester United. Can Can we approach this a little bit differently with regards to United? So, obviously, like... A lot's gone wrong there this season. It, it, I know they're somehow, somehow they're seventh, um, which doesn't really make, I feel like they, the way we feel about them, it probably should be a lot lower than that. But yeah. um, a lot of guys have not covered themselves in glory this year. Can okay. you, so in order, let, let's give, I guess, the three people within Manchester United that this season has been the worst for. I don't know if we, I haven't checked with you. We might have the same, we might not. Well, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna do boardroom level because let's just accept there is dysfunction there, um, and key people are key personnel are moving on um, presently. So I will go on the field and in the dugout. I'll say first Eric Ten Hag. Mm-hmm. I have him number one too. We can talk. Right. We can start on that first. I mean, look, we are we are steamrolling towards his exit because you're starting because yeah. stuff it's starting to turn a little bit where like. You hear more and more about his style. He's a disciplinarian. Um, And that can work. But if you're going to be that way, there's even more pressure on you within that dressing room to win. Because if you're if you're a D and you're losing, the players, they're going to revolt far sooner than the alternative. Uh, This is from Rob Dawson on ESPN FC. He says, um, a group within the first team squad are becoming disillusioned after a 10th defeat of the season at St. James Park on Saturday. Among the issues being raised privately among some, how private is it, um, among some players are Ten Hag's intense training sessions since the preseason tour of the United States and what are considered to be cavalier tactics, which have left the team open, particularly during the 3-3 draw against Galatasaray and the defeat at Newcastle. Um I thought that 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 last part is interesting to me. The Cavalier tactics. I, I don't know. I, I'm look. I'm an idiot. I I understand. I know very little about all this. I get it. But like, I I don't know. I watched that three three against Galatasaray. I said on the show the other day, you uh, blame blame Ten Hag for all kinds of things. But that was a game where I was not putting the L on him. You get a, a world class goal from Galatasaray on the one from a, from a crazy angle that the goalie probably should have done better with. And you get two free kicks, one of which the goalie threw into the net. You scored three goals. Like, so that, so that's on 10 hogs tactics too. Like that's, that's to me when I start to say, okay, they just hate him. Like there, that one is on horrifying goalkeeping and some great play from the opposition. And like, they're going to put that on him too now. So this is where we're at, where like he has now crossed that threshold where they're just looking for reasons. And Has he lost the dressing room, Andrew? So yes, it seems like he's he's gotten dangerously close. Although he's doing his damnedest to save it. So I was reading more about it, and you know, some ra- managers, especially a disciplinarian, needs to have his guys that like can take it. And so if those guys take it, other guys will fall in line. The problem is the his guys in the situation are hurt. 
Lissandra Martinez and Casemiro. Those are Ten Hag guys, especially Martinez. So Lissandra Martinez, who's hurt and, and isn't expected back till after Christmas, he's been brought back to United training sessions because Ten Hag needs him there. He needs one of his guys. Casemiro, you know, those guys not being there, I think they could handle that style from Ten Hag and other guys maybe would fall in line. With them not there, it's opened this void and it seems like it's kind of chaos among the ranks now. Is he like, is he like, was it Sergeant Sobel from Band of Brothers? Oh, Captain Sobel? Captain Sobel. David Schwimmer's yeah. character. Yeah, who was just hated. But he didn't have any guys. There were no, no like he, Sobel. He's a, that's one of Sobel's guys. Those guys didn't exist. No, you're right. That's a good point. Um, I, 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 I think a big problem with Ten Hag is as well, and how he could lose the fans is so cavalier attitude in the last few games. I kind of wanted United to be a bit more cavalier because he wants them to be the best counter-attacking team in the world. That's not what he did that got him the reputation at Ajax. I'm pretty sure that's not why he was signed. But this is what they're trying to do. And then there was a kind of a, a diversion from that against uh, against um, Galatasaray. Uh, they had one shot on target. There's nothing cavalier about one shot. Cavalier is like getting five shots on target and then can conceding six goals or something you know <laughs> pouring forward like they had one shot on target against Newcastle yeah. I mean they're just, just looked way off it um, and we'll get we'll get a bit to that when we discuss our third person so who's number Actually, two on our your second list. person and uh, let's do he's number two I shouldn't put him number three uh, Marcus Rashford has to be mm. and this is spiraling like Ten Hag has been in a bad place for a while Rashford's catching up fast really fast yep uh, I don't know um, if anyone's reputation outside of Ten Hag with that club has taken a worse hit this season than than what Rashford says. And Rashford, man of the people, both in his, his public life and his football life and coming up as a as a as a Manchester lad, is now getting it from the fans. Now we have to remind ourselves there was a time two and a half years ago, three years ago, when his move to PSG we felt was on. He'd run out of road at United, he wasn't producing that much, PSG valued him and he wanted to go. Or we we were told he wanted to go. Um, he signed a bumper deal over the summer to keep him there, and he has he has not delivered. And there is the perception now that he's not trying, or not trying hard enough. Yep. And that is that is dangerous ground, dangerous territory to be in. Uh, Jamie Carragher, he spoke on Sky Sports. I mean, Sky Sports was lit yesterday, absolutely on fire. Keane was eviscerating United in. I mean, in, in, in short order. And Carher was questioning Rashford as a local player. I thought this was interesting. And I'm curious what you thought. I've been a local player. And it's not easy being a local player, especially when your team are not doing well. Now, normally for, for Gary, Paul Scholes, all those lads, Ryan Giggs, more often not, they were doing well. But for Marcus Rashford and for myself and probably Steven Gerrard at Liverpool, when it's not going well, it's your job to fix it. And you have got to drag other people up with you. Because I'm watching Marcus Rashford now, and he reminds me of Martial. And that's the worst possible thing you can probably say about him. A foreign player who comes in, hasn't done the business, doesn't care, really. And that's, 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 just, that's a fact with Martial. Marcus Rashford is now looking like Anthony Martial. And as a local player, it's your job to drag those other players up. And if your confidence is down, or you're not scoring goals, or you're not creating a, getting assists... Not a problem. You do not stop running 
for that badge and that shirt and those supporters because you're supposedly one of them. And what he did last night was nowhere near. Yeah, we must care though. Wow. I've, the the most yeah. <laughs> the best part of that is Anthony Martial catching an unbelievable stray from Jamie Carragher there. <laughs> what is it he says? Like he he's like he's playing like Martial, and that's that's the worst place you can be. <laughs> but Keen, Martial was just getting hit by strays. Keen started his analysis uh, in that same segment by saying, you know, I was saying, you know, Martial is doing better. He scores one goal in 14 games. Brilliant. Like, you know, he shouldn't be at the club. Basically saying that there are players there, and I would agree with Keane on this. There are players there that should have been moved on a long time ago. And you're like, how the hell are they still here? It hasn't been working. And I think, Andrew, despite last season, Rashford is one of those. But but before we agree, or before we agree, before you argue with me on that one, Carher's comment about being a hometown player and having to be that much better. what, What did you make of that? That he has to lift the club. Yeah, and that he's got to be seen to be all action. Yeah, I think that that's probably true. The hometown stuff is part of it. But like also, too, you're, he's also now their highest paid player. He's mm-hmm. making a reported, like I think, 325 grand a week. So like the hometown thing, yeah, that's certainly part of it. Um, but like you reach a new level of responsibility with a club when you're the highest paid guy on the team. And so... Yeah. Look, poor run of form, that stuff happens to everyone, and I think people can accept that. But, like, you'll lose the people when that turns to when, – when poor run of form starts to mesh with he's not giving his all. And that was laid bare uh, over the weekend against Newcastle. I mean, you look – look, highlight reels can be, like, molded into anything to make a guy look a certain way. But I'm, I've seen a lot of them. The one that I saw – circulating on social media of Rashford in this game it's horrifying the effort I mean it's so clearly it's so clearly not there and it's and it's not I mean hometown kid sure but highest paid player face of the team a team that's struggling like if if that's what you're going to get from from him then what hope is there for this team and I think I wonder too you know you you heard little I don't know if I thought it was totally fair in the moment but back in early November, Ten Hag was reportedly not happy when Rashford had his birthday party the night that yeah. United got blasted by City. And, uh, you know, they kept that mostly internal, but some of that did get out that, like, that he was not happy about that. So I, yeah. maybe it was starting to go at that point. But, like, you see performances like this against Newcastle. He's not scoring goals. He's not getting assists. Um, I don't know. He's... And yes, I did disagree with you about uh, saying Rashford should go. He scored 30 goals last season. I mean, he was mm. it's it's just hard for me to then say okay, it's time for them to set him free. Like it looked yeah. like it had clicked under this manager. Um but I don't know, something's gone on there. We've seen this kind of thing before, not with him necessarily, but like other great players have seesawed. We used to say about Eden Hazard all the time. He was the best player in the league one year and he was nobody the next. Then he was the best again. So it might be some might be hard for some guys to sustain it year after year, and maybe we're finding out Rashford's one of those guys. But you got to at least try. Can't He's look like Andrew, what it did the over fact the weekend. The fact we're talking about him not trying is incredible. Now, maybe this is just my theory. When a player is disgruntled, unhappy with the coach and with the manager, they often. I mean, we've often seen them put in half-hearted performances because ultimately, if Klopp, you know, a player plays for Klopp, player plays for Ange. Player's not playing for you. 
he's making a statement about everything that's going on at the club. I'm making excuses here because I kind of want that to be what's happening. The other, the other is just too grim, like that you're not trying. They, supporters will sniff that out. I haven't seen that highlight reel. Uh, and it, but if that is, I mean, if I, I will watch it, I'm sure he, I mean, he didn't impress me in the game. He got taken um, off, taken off early, looked mad, surprised, kind of sulking. Um, yeah. Not good. Um, I'm curious who your third guy is for uh, United. Um, for who the season's been the worst for. I'll give mine real quick because it's. So you do yours because I've I've just mid uh, midway decided to change. So okay, I, I just look when you get ostracized from a team and you're supposed to be in your prime, then you make this list. Jaden Sancho has to be on there for me. Right. This, is, this season has been such a zero for this yeah. guy, literally. Uh, that like. I can't, I mean, it's it's hard to imagine something worse, really, than just being completely in exile from your club at that age. I've, uh, I totally agree with you. Um, I I had a selection. I was going to go with Onana, but I we gave Onana enough of a beating last week that there's literally, I mean, there's nothing left to be said. I thought he was and, actually not bad in this game. I, probably. He's been real good in the Premier League. <laughs> um, that, that's, that's not the guy I'm going for. I think it's Anthony. The amount, the outlay of money on Anthony, and for him to be signed, kind of specifically because he's your guy. Ten Hag knows him, knows his qualities. Was very happy to talk about his skill level. He's been an utter failure. Now, I could have gone with Casemiro because Casemiro has been a disaster. Apart from a few games last season, he's been. I mean, he's not I don't available. Know if I fully agree with that. A complete disaster. Okay. Um. He's he's Real Madrid got rid of him for a reason. He's over the hill. He's finished. This is he is Bastian Schweinsteiger part two. That's what's happening here. Mm, uh, I, I don't know. I, I think he's probably got more to offer than Schweinsteiger did when he came to the club. So maybe I'll pull that back from that. But Anthony, oh my God, a a a show pony without the show, and then you add in all the controversy that he's added off the field, and all the issues he's brought in. Total disaster. Would have been better if he kept that money and spent it on anyone else. Literally anyone else. That, yeah, that is true. Um, quickly, on the uh, on the Newcastle side of this, they were really good. Tons of chances. Hard to believe they only scored one. Um, I guess my, my Anthony Gordon apology tour is continuing. Coming to a city near you any day now. He scores the winner. He was really good again. Also, I think I cursed uh, Nick Pope. After a few days ago, I said he could very well be England's number one, and and now he's having shoulder surgery and he's going to be out for four months. Sorry, Nick. Um, yeah. By the way, did you uh, see the um, the FA Cup draw happen? You see who Newcastle drew? No, I didn't. I saw who. I just looked at Liverpool. Newcastle Sunderland Stadium of Light. Oh, oh yes. Oh my God, yes. Oh, what a perfect time would it, would it be for the Black Cats to take them down? That'd be amazing. Oh, what a story! That I'm would so be glad it's there. Be... I'm so glad the yes. game is there. Yes, too. yes, because it, it gives the chance for that chaos. Yeah. Um. Can I add just one quick question? Mm-hmm. Because the animals are they're... guys. Get over to or forward slash caught offside pod. Just get over there for, on for many reasons. But it's so good. The animals are great on Reddit. Um. When Newcastle and Manu play each other, I imagine JJ wishes both teams could lose. Personally, I can't tell which team I dislike more. I guess Newcastle for obvious human rightsy reasons. Um, th- this is a weird one for me now, uh, but I find 
the idea of the state of Saudi Arabia owning a team so apparent that I, as much as it's funny to watch United lose, and I do like it, I, I, I show I, I, I want United to win those games. That's the answer. There's lots of people back and forth. This this thread is way it's too the JJ bias derby. Not yeah, quite as, United, not quite as important as the empty stands cup, but close. It's not. I mean, it's not. It's not biased. I think my reasons are so much bias. But barely, anyway. barely. No, it's. Uh, I want Newcastle to lose at every opportunity, and um, if the entire city slipped into the sea, oh my well, god, I'd be okay. Oh my. Okay, that's that's just ridiculous. Um, let's see a, a couple other Premier League notes from other weekend. Not too much, but worth pointing out. Um, Paul Heckingbottom. Uh, expected to be out of a job in the next, I think, 24 hours. Maybe by the time you're listening, it's happened already. Uh, after yeah. Burnley just destroy Sheffield United, um, what do we always say, JJ, about managers' press conferences? That you can you can pretty much tell when a manager's time is about to be up when they start giving job interviews and press conferences. So, following this loss, Heckingbottom threw an incredible line in there. Uh, he said, um, "We've been wherever making- I go next." He said, we've been making financial decisions rather than football decisions. Of course, that affects me. I didn't want it to happen. I mean, when these guys start laying out like, oh, well, hang on. I think like that. He's he's like, no, why? Why? I I should be hired for another job because what happened here was not my fault. Well, they used to do it. Mourinho used to do it. That's partly true. But also, like, look at the players that they, they lost. Uh Iliman and Jay to Marseille. Just their top scorer, their best player is. is oh no! Look, don't get me wrong. I'm not sitting here telling you that what he's saying is untrue. I'm saying right. that a manager who's on good footing and whose team is playing well, if they lost five 0 to Burnley in the same situation, and he's asked about it, he said, "Look, like, yeah, okay, maybe that's true. Maybe we did lose some players, but like, I'm I'm happy with the guys we have here, and this was unacceptable today, and I got to get this right. Like, that's that's what a manager says when he's in good standing." But one who knows he's about to lose his job says, well, this is what happens when your board is making financial decisions and not football ones. Because the world needs to know, because I'm about to lose my job and I need you to know why. Yeah. I mean, Sander Berg basically gets transferred to Burnley from Sheffield United at the start of the new season. Like Those are psychological blows. Um, But you're right. You're right. He's Listen, he's going to rock into a championship top level, top end championship team, or maybe a a Premier League team. He might do a Scott Parker on it. I don't know. How, um, how do you have a how do you have a goal difference of minus twenty eight after fourteen games? The next closest is minus seventeen. And that's mean, ridiculous. All the, all, all the supporters will have been traveling to Burnley in the knowledge that they're in and around where Sheffield United are and hoping for performance to get whacked five nil is just oh it's it's bad. I, I'm not even making excuses. Yeah. Um, you have anything else from the Premier League, JJ, over the weekend? I, I, I no, was gonna, um, anything on, I, I know that Chelsea, we should mention, cause we've done a lot when, when things are going wrong for Chelsea. I so mean, that's, an, that's an, that's an incredible win for them. Honestly. I mean, to beat a good Brighton team three, two, and you're down a man for, for yeah. half the game, like Chelsea were Enzo Fernandez finally gets his first two goals for the club that I don't know. That felt, that wasn't just some win that felt important for me. Okay, so I'll tell you exactly. I it, it, obviously it clashed with another game that I was watching, and I meant to get yeah. back and, and and see it, and then I didn't. But I caught the half time, and the the Chelsea goals were offset pieces, and Robbie Musto destroyed Chelsea. He goes, "I'm not seeing anything from them. There's no good intricate play. There's no passing. There's no um, uh, you know, there's nothing to hang your hat on." 
you know, it 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 doesn't look like a a good performance from Chelsea, and and those two goals kind of bundled over the line, and so he wasn't impressed at all. Oh, Jesus Christ, oh, that's pretty bad. So I'm assuming they were better than that. Um, I will if if Chelsea fans aren't happy with my Chelsea content th- this week, there is another podcast coming. So I'll I'll try and uh, up my game. But I I didn't. I only I only heard the halftime comments. Um, I should mention um, Arsenal because uh, I did see quite a lot of that. And they were scintillating in the first half. Now, I know Wolves had injuries, etc., but they were Arsenal. The Odegaard goal was such a beautiful goal. I mean, uh, all the, the two goals were really, really good. Um, to say they took the foot off the gas in the second half is a bit of an understatement, but it doesn't matter to get the win. And, um, and Arsenal, it's funny, come out of this, uh, you know, we're talking about, I, I've spent the last few weeks talking about Arsenal, not sure about about the attack. And, and and Andrew is just constantly going, it's going to click, it's clicking. It hasn't clicked yet, but it will click. There's evidence from the Champions League against Lance and uh, from the first half against Wolves that, yes, indeed, it may have clicked. Mm-hmm. But I'm I'm not there yet. Okay. <laughs> I don't know what <laughs> it's going to Equals in two games won't do it for me. They're, they're top of the effing table. Yeah, I know. They've, I know. They've, they've clinched their spot in the next round of the Champions League. And they, and now Arsenal Liverpool in the third round of the FA Cup. Oof, that's quite a third round matchup. Someone's going to be, someone's not going to be happy after that. Yikes! Um, so there you go. What a weekend in the Premier League. Uh, let's see. We'll go ahead and take a break in a sec. But before we do that, JJ, I want to wish everybody a merry Ballsmas. That's right. The season for a fresh cut is finally here with the sponsors of today's show, Manscaped. The leaders in below the waist grooming have just launched their fifth generation lawnmower to help you avoid another silent night in the bedroom this year. Take care of your special snowflake with Manscaped and watch your South Pole shine like never before. Get the best stocking stuffer of all by going to manscaped.com using code CAUGHTOFFSIDE for 20% plus free shipping. Uh, Mrs. Claus will thank you. I feel like sometimes reading this, JJ, um, you ever see the the SNL skit guy who just bought a boat? I feel like he he wrote this. Really? Go, Go on YouTube and just search it. I feel like he okay, well. sometimes feel like he wrote this. Um, let me ask you. So they say that this is the, the perfect stocking, stocking stuffer. Um, who I'm going to say a relationship. You tell me if it's okay for this to be the gift. Okay. Uh, okay, go. Cool. Can a father buy this for his son? Yes. Okay. Yeah, it could be a it's great hard, coming of age. It's hard gift. for me to picture doing that. I think I, I'm not, I, I think you could. You could say, you know how you do it, Andrew? You say, hey, give him a nudge. Say, look, I got this for you. You're 22 now. You're in college. Make sure okay. the basement is in good order for the All ladies. Right. You know what? And that's it. That's yeah. it. What about his son buying it for his father? <laughs> it's it's sending a message. Uh, uh, Dad, maybe like the a... message should be, Dad, cover up your balls. <laughs> They're a mess. Right. You're embarrassing us when we go to the swim club. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> so, so it's 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 one of those. I think it's a uh, brilliant wife to husband gift. Fantastic, absolutely fantastic. Yeah. I think friend to friend. I get this for you. Oh, I, I think this I'd is be a happy great with friend to, friend to friend gift. I would appreciate it. And you've often commented on on the fact that my groin is quite quite hairy. It's not really, but not anymore. Not since not Manscaped. Anymore. Not since the lawnmower 5.0 Ultra. There and the weed whacker 2.0 nose and ear trimmer, uh, hair trimmer. Um, they even come with boxers, 
there's the uh, Shears 3.0 nail grooming kit. You have to get this. It has absolutely everything that the modern man would desire. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code CAUGHTOFFSIDE at manscaped.com. That's 20% off, free shipping at manscaped.com. Use the code CAUGHTOFFSIDE. Say ho, ho, ho to a well-groomed mistletoe with Manscaped. Tell you what, we'll go ahead. We'll take a break. A um, little bit of MLS on the other side as we have our final. More Caught Offside still to come. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Oh, back now. Caught offside, taking you into your, your work week here, the holiday season. JJ, uh, the draw, like I said, was this past weekend. Um for this summer's European Championships. Um, Germany opening up against Scotland. That's interesting. How about Group B? I mean, go on. Group B, Spain, Italy, and Croatia in the same group. That's all. I mean, that's awesome. Oh, man. Like, that that is, that is so good. (laughs) That just whets the appetite. Um, It's, I've said it before, like, the, 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 the potential other fun group, like, I know there's a playoff winner to be decided, but Netherlands, Austria, and France in Group D. Mm-hmm. That's, I mean, Austria were very disappointing last time we bigged them up, <laughs> but that's pretty good. Uh, Serbia, England, Denmark, and Slovenia. I feel like England again getting getting a cushy group. It's not enough that qualifying is cushy for them. It has to be a cushy uh, Group C. Um, group F, Turkey, Portugal, Czech Republic, that and playoff winner C. We obviously don't know who the four teams going to be, but that could be be fun. It could be a fun one. Uh, Roberto, old Roberto Martinez will be expected to top that group, and I'm wondering if there could be a little bit of fun to be had where he doesn't do that and we all laugh. Oh, I like Roberto. Yeah, I, I like him too. But um, I'll tell yeah, you what, no, my, I'm, my I, Belgians seem like they have a a, a nice draw. Uh, think, Slovakia, Romania. You know I, I think reports of their demise, JJ. <laughs> <laughs> uh, brilliant to see Romania back at a at a major tournament. Um, yeah, it really is. I'm happy for them. You, you see, you don't remember the days of Georgie Hadji. I do. I think about it every day. <laughs> he's he's one of the best players I've ever seen live, and I saw him well at the end of his his tether. Um, but yeah, no, it's great. It's look, it's the best competition in world football. It's the best international competition in world football. We all know it. And it was certainly the hottest draw of all time. Oh, it was. That was. I'll tell you what. I mean, the lewd why noises. Am I a... It was. It was as Switzerland were being drawn into Group A. That was when it began. You made that sound sexual. 
Well, that's the idea. It was. It was so hot. Switzerland just drawn into Group A there. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's being investigated. We'll see what comes from it. Uh, JJ, we have our MLS Cup final. And I got to say, um, we'll this get is the to, one you wanted. Well, we'll get to, well, sorry, I mean, I guess, yeah, in a manner of speaking, I, I wanted Philadelphia, but we, once that was no longer reality, yes. No offense to FC Cincinnati. Lots of offense to them. You hate them. No, no, no. We'll, we'll get to the LAFC Houston in a sec, but oh my God. I mean, FC Cincinnati Columbus crew, it's, it's one of the all time great matches that this, that this league has ever seen. Like, I still think, I don't know what's going to top last year's MLS cup final. You get a three, three that goes to extra time with two late goals. Oh, like that. that. Like, I, I don't know what tops that, but this is on, this is on the list. Like when, when we're talking about the greatest games that have happened in this league, you get the, you get a hell is real Derby, two teams that have no love for one another from the same state, you know, a real, a real rivalry in this kind of game with this much on the line that transpires the way that this one does. It's just, it's incredible. The party was on in that place. Like it was, that game was over. It was a party happening in that building. Brandon Vasquez, that first goal. I mean, are you kidding? That touch, his finish, you know, minutes later, Barry Al nearly scores one. Then right at the Mm. end of the half, Lucho Acosta with just a ridiculous goal off a free kick. Um, and it's but, two nil, right? And scoreline, you're thinking, oh, this is this is it. Well, you never think that in MLS, but you think, God, oh, that is that is tough. Now it's, it's Cincinnati going through. Columbus actually had a better first half xG wise, did create openings, but FC FC Cincinnati had the goals. Now there's a couple of key key moments for me was, uh, Schultz save right at the start. Of the second half to not allow a goal on Bupenzo. On what a save! Yeah, T- turns it around the post. Very, very important. And then, in my view, the 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 goal that well, gets no, no, he scored, back. but he the first it was an initial save, but then on the rebound, it bounced off of him off of his hand and went in. It was ruled no, out. There was there was another one where he put it around the post. Okay, yeah. There was an, there was another one. I know the one you're on about the ruled out goal. There was another one before that where he's put it around the post, but but it's an error for um, Salernitano, in my view, on the on the OG for the for the goal that gets them back in. Then there's that Rossi equalizer is such a neat goal, and and it's I after that I never felt well. Real quick, I I want to go back not to the Rossi one, but before that the own goal. I right. thought that that was. Boy, it's so interesting to like be watching a game and you can you can start to feel like that. Like I said, I felt like there was a party happening in that place. They thought that yeah. they were through. And oh my God, I, you could really feel an energy change. They were still winning. Like, they still Someone had a lead. Smoke in the kitchen, right? Someone uh, got a whiff of smoke coming from the kitchen. Yeah, or you could use the words. Christian Ramirez himself said that they could sense blood in the water. Like you could use whatever cliche yeah. you want to use, but everyone felt it. And like, even though they had the lead, it was sort of just like this, oh my God, wait a minute. This is, this isn't over yet. We're going to have to see this out. And I mean, it's why they say like what, that's another cliche, right? That like a two goal lead is the, is the scariest lead in soccer, but like most dangerous, not scary, Andrew, whatever, fine. Um, (laughs) But like you, cause that first goal and just like 
the tension is is just so immediate and everyone can feel it. Clearly Columbus could feel it. I think FC Cincinnati could feel it. The crowd there definitely could. Uh, and then, like I said, Rossi on a really nice team goal, a little bit of a fortunate bounce to get to him at the end, but the build up, but everything else was pretty goal. great. It was, it really was. Um, it really was. Can I just talk about something that, uh, I, I think is a huge contributing factor. Taylor Twelman said it in the commentary. Lucho Costa is injured. It is like playing with 10 men for most of the game. Um, Zito Madu, who just a, we quote him regularly, but he's great. He goes, so Luciano Acosta injured himself and then told the coach he wanted to stay on and then just spent the rest of the game hobbling around being practically useless for his team. What do you call that? That is one of, that, that that wasn't acted upon, that that wasn't taken into Pat Noonan's hands, that he didn't say, you've got to come off, you're not contributing or you can't contribute. I know pride, uh, all that stuff. Get him off the field. This is ridiculous that it happened. That would happen in a professional game. I I guess because is he that big of a character. I don't. I don't know. You're right. I mean, maybe they didn't know how hurt I, he's the MVP of the league. Maybe they thought just the threat of him being out there. We we need him for penalties. I, I don't. I don't know. I mean, obviously he could barely move. He was running so strangely. I mean, look the at the game. look at the winning goal. Like he's the whole move starts with him. Like he's literally hopping on the sideline. <laughs> yeah. It's, 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 I, it's hard to watch. You feel terrible. it is hard to watch. And that's it's hard to think MVP, that the, how his season ends. Yeah. Yeah. It's also the coach of the year. Not, not, uh, not taking him off mental. Yeah. Um, boy, can you have a better week than the week that Christian Ramirez just had where he scores the winner against Orlando city has a baby, his third child. St- he's still wearing the hospital bracelet. When he comes on as a sub in this one and then scores the winner an extra time again. This happened in a week for this guy. This is I mean, what a this is a, like what a dream. Just incredible. Uh and that last goal one of the uh he's have a, had one of the interesting uh, uh American football careers. Yeah, he's kind of a bit of a journeyman. Bounced yeah. around. Went, was yeah. in Scotland for a little. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, unbelievable week. Uh, OptiJack tweeted, the Columbus crew are the first team to overcome a two-goal deficit on the road to advance in a single-leg round in the history of the MLS Cup playoffs. This Insane. is It's the kind of loss for, I mean, look, for Columbus and, and for Wilfried Nancy, who's now, I mean, he's like, you talk about man of the moment, uh, manager-wise in this league. He's it. With the way they play and using that style to get as far as they've gotten now into a, a cup final. I mean, people want to see this succeed. Like this is, you know, this is fun to watch. Like we want, I would love for this to become a trend. Now in MLS, a lot of this, a lot of the league is open and plays a, a fun style. Very, yeah, um, yeah. But you know, to see him doing this, you wonder, well, I don't want to, I don't want to get him out of there yet. We'll see how maybe he'll, he'll be an MLS lifer. We'll see. But this is, you hope it becomes a trend because they are fun to watch and and they're thriving playing this way. Just incredible. That loss for FC Cincinnati, that reverberates forever. Uh, maybe they'll win the league next year. I don't know. But in your supporter shield season, home, home all throughout the postseason, you got your rival coming in and you blow a two goal lead in the 76th minute. Uh, have, have fun getting over that. I mean, good Lord, that's, that's awful. And I know as someone whose team lost a horrifying game, uh, deep in the MLS's postseason just a year ago. That's oh, you'll never stop making it about you, will you? 
That's, I'm just saying that I understand how I understand the road that lies ahead for these FC Cincinnati fans, and it's not an easy road. It's tough. There's going to be recriminations, regret, anger, denial, acceptance, all those things. Uh, and it's going to be Columbus going up against LAFC, who defeat the Houston Dynamo 2-0. Um, just as a side note for this, JJ, are the fireworks worth it if it means no one can see anything for the first five minutes of the game? <laughs> Wow, I'm exaggerating that... a little. It wasn't five minutes, but like at kickoff, I was like, I-, I guess something's happening in front of me. I don't really know. I... Yeah, it was tough to see through it. I think because of the comprehensive nature of the win for LAFC, the the conversation now is basically you've seen fans from the South Ward, uh, Red Bulls fans, fans from uh, Cascadia, fans from cross MLS saying, basically tweeting. Oh, okay. So flares are all right now. Just let us know how you want us to bring them into the stadium because we're bringing them next season. And it wasn't just a couple of flares. This thing was a light. Yeah. So they've got a real problem next season MLS because they've they've let the cat out of the bag. It can't be okay for one for the thirty two fifty two to have them, and not okay for everyone else or vice versa, whatever you know. So. I'm I'm a flare guy, as you know. I like flares. I'm okay with it. But you can't see anything. Well, anyway, well, um, LAFC, sometimes you don't need to see. It's it's just interesting with LAFC how they've kind of changed over the years. But I don't know. I feel like they now have entered this echelon of just like, can, can winning be a muscle memory? Where like you sort of just eventually know how to get it done. Like their style has changed. Ryan Hollings had talked a lot about this after the game. Um, among some of his quotes, he said, uh, we know how to just wear teams down like that. How frustrating is it for a team like this to have the ball 70% of the game and create nothing, right? So it's a very strategic play from us. It's kind of true. Houston had all the possession. Yeah. I, mean, I can't really recall any moments where I was like, oh, my God, they're going to score. That's kind of how it's been. It was pretty much how it was against Seattle for LAFC. Um, and they, you know, they make the most of their opportunities. Look, they could have scored more than, than the two goals probably that they had. They had a couple close calls early on in the first six minutes. They had one disallowed another near goal, uh, I think for Vela, but they really do. They just, they're willing to, okay, have the ball. You're not going to generate anything. We'll go the other way. Bowanga, whoever, Vela, whatever. Hollingshead scored one himself off Chiellini's header on uh, the corner kick. They just, they just know how to win. Um, 29% possession. Yeah. It's like, it's nothing. Um, they're very, very efficient and they've got Boanga and he's someone who can take the ball on a break and score. And it makes me wonder how the final is going to be with Columbus pouring forward. The minute they turn it over, it's going to be an opportunity. It could, this could be basketball, man. This could be a pure oh. basketball. You'd love that. Oh my God. Would you love that? Oh, who wouldn't? Well, you're oh, rooting for a one nil. Let's get a yep. let's get a typical FA Cup '90s final. Let's get a nil nil. Thank you. Maybe it gets the penalties. Maybe maybe some yep. like, yeah. Let, let's root for I that. I want European Cup final from 1991. Just dour nil nil. Just ugh. everyone afraid to lose, so they're too scared to try and win it. Yeah. No, no, no. I'm all joking aside. You're right to want that, and it it it's gonna be um it's gonna be a fascinating final. It is. I don't know. I can't pick this one yet. I don't know. 
I think, like you said, I, I do think it will be fun to watch. I think we're we're pretty much guaranteed of that. Now it'll be interesting because LAFC Ryan Hollingshead says, you know, we'll we'll give Columbus or whoever possession. We don't think they can create anything. I think Columbus can. I think that they can. It's amazing uh, to me. They... Columbus lets Zellerion leaves, and and this all happens. So weird. Yeah, it is weird. But um, they made sure that they had enough creative attacking players to kind of. Now they've had to. You you could argue that they have really two players to replace Zellerian uh in their team. Like so they've they've had to rely on creativity then from more than one spot. Like you've got um you know Rossi obviously absolutely fantastic. But you know you got Darlington Nagby in the middle of the park as well. Um maybe they're more balanced now without Zellerian. Well, Cu- Cucho Hernandez is unbelievable. Cucho Hernandez as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a good that's a good show. He's so I, I I don't I I honestly I'm I don't. I, I'm. I'm going to call it based on. I don't see LA, LAFC going back to back. Although God, I'm going to go with Columbus because, I, or just because I like them more. <laughs> um, yeah, we'll see. There, I mean, this this is an interesting legacy final too. I mean, Columbus won in 2020, LAFC in 2022. So now, like, if you win this one, a lot of teams have won. If you get that second one within that tight window, you elevate to it. You, you find the next level. Of kind of like a forever. Are team. you a dynasty, Andrew? Well, I don't know. So, boy, that's a weird one. Can if LAFC do it, I'm more likely to say yes. Columbus, they almost feel like two completely different teams. The one that right. did it in 20 versus this one doesn't feel They're just like a straight line through these two. Like LAFC have a supporter shield in there. Yeah, I don't know. I don't mean to do a disservice to Columbus and minimize it. Two titles in that short span is is really impressive and amazing. And like I said, you become a forever team if you do that. Um, I'd have a harder time calling them a dynasty. But LAFC, I think you could get away with it. Well, here's hoping for a final that's even half as entertaining as last season. Here's hoping. Hey, here's to that. Here's hoping. Uh, JJ, that's about all I got. You got anything else? No, that's all I got for the moment. I'll, I'll save the rest for uh, the next podcast. I should warn people, not warn, inform people. Uh, there's a lot of people out there who aren't on our social media. Get on our social media, at CO Soccer Pod on X, Caught Offside Pod on Instagram, uh, or forward slash Caught Offside Pod on Reddit. Just go to those places. We're hoping to have a merch drop. Uh, drop the link tomorrow evening. That's the plan. Uh, so... This is a Monday, so that will be Tuesday evening of this week that you're listening. And it's going to be a limited drop because simply because it's I'm going to Ireland and <laughs> it's tough. This is more like a, a tasty little drop. So the first few people that come in, you're going to get your T-shirts. We're going to cap the amount. But fretchy not, I will be back at the end of December uh, and I will reopen it up again in January throughout. It, there will be no limit then on the merch. You'll just buy it as you want it. And we will sell it out to you. But for the initial, the initial portion of people are going to get it hopefully in time for Christmas, and they will be first. Right. Um, this is like when, everyone, is, like when those first but, batch of iPhones comes out, and you yeah. walk by an AT and T store, and you see a line of like a hundred people that have been camped out there for a week. That's what this initial release is. Eventually, everyone that, will get it. Yes, everyone is going to have their 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 caught offside T shirt and merch as we go forward. Um, but this is this drop. You got to get in quick. So I'm um, just uh, 
just keep keep your keep your eyes peeled and on our social media accounts and uh and on our animals on reddit and uh yeah that's that's what you need to do and just uh there is a lot of people who listen and don't follow us and i think that needs to change <laughs> yeah i agree okay. i agree so we're getting we're getting closer getting closer all right uh, jj i got nothing else i enjoyed this immensely we'll be back uh a little bit later this week a nice midweek pod get you ready for mls cup i think we also got a we got a midweek midweek slate in the prem right Oh, it's that time of year, Andrew. It's 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 Christmas where managers are going, you know, it's a tough time of the year, but we all love the Christmas period. It's just, you know, one game and there's no chance for training, just time for recovery, in it. Yeah, in it. In it is right. It. Yeah. Uh yeah, yeah. We got uh United Chelsea, Villa City, a lot going on. So we'll be back. We'll have a recap, all that. Like I said, a look ahead um to the MLS Cup final as well. JJ, I enjoyed this immensely to you, I say. Check you later, fun boy. I'll see you. Take care, bud. You've been listening to the Caught Offside Soccer Podcast. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 